I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. Where two black-ass girls invade the whitest show on earth. The The Bachelorette. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And welcome to Nice For What To These Niggas, Becca edition. Yeah, I'm excited. So, if you guys have been sticking around with us since Ari season, um, at the conclusion of Ari season, we did these episodes where we basically spend, you know, a good hour, hour and a half doing mm-hmm. a deep dive into the season. So, for today's episode, we're going to do a deep dive into Becca's season and rehash some, like, dating, relationship, life themes that mm-hmm. came up during the season and we'll chat about them um and then also talk about like our own personal dating and relationship and life mess and stories <laughs> and so it's a fun little episode and he'll bring us back down memory lane back, back to dusty lane. becca's uh, <laughs> journey for love so that's the agenda for today. Um, but before we get to all that, we do have some exciting announcements. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, if you haven't gotten the memo, next <laughs> week, Rachel Lindsay will be Yay! on the podcast. We are so excited. Like, y'all don't even know. Yeah. She's like our ultimate interviewer or interviewee. Mm-hmm. Um and we're very, very, very excited to have her on the podcast. And um, our mystery male guest, um, who we announced previously, he'll be coming on in October because we had to mm-hmm. shift him to the side for Queen Rachel. So <laughs> <laughs> that'll be next week. Yeah. And next week also um, is the mailbag episode. So Rachel mm-hmm. will be helping us answer your questions on love, relationship, dating work, uh, life, friendship, everything. Um, and since she is not only a successful lawyer who's in a great relationship now and engaged, she, uh, was on TV doing it all and, um, has probably been through a lot, especially we have, I mean, Natasha's cousin, shout out to Francesca. 
is a lawyer, and she's told us some stories. <laughs> so I am excited to uh, hear what she has to say and get her expert opinion. So if you want Rachel's opinion on your life, anything messy, and you want <laughs> Rachel to give you some advice, email us at the number two blackgirlsonerose at gmail.com. Yes, and get your questions into us before Monday, September 24th, please. Mm -hmm. Next announcement, you guys, we got merch. We said it once, we'll say it again. My Two Black Girls, One Rose t-shirt and mug arrived in the mail last week. (laughs) They look dope. Um, I'm very excited. I posted a picture on our Instagram story, so go and check that mm-hmm. out. I can't um, wait for mine. Yeah. So support the podcast, guys. Join our community. Mm-hmm. Be a walking billboard for us. Yeah. Greatly appreciate it. For us to continue to make this podcast and to put this content out for you guys, we truly rely on your support. So. Mm-hmm. Get your merch today. You can go to the yeah. website, www.teespring.com. It's spelled T-E-E, spring, like the season, dot com, slash <laughs> the number two, black girls, the number one, rose. Go get your merch. And I'll put it put it in the description box, too, for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get your merch, then take a photo of yourself with your tea in your mug or your your shirt going to the gym and tag us in your Instagram story because now we're on Instagram! Yay! Oh my god, it's so fun. I love it. (laughs) So fun. Shout out to everybody who's on Instagram and not Twitter who has messaged us. Yeah. I find that very interesting that there are some people just hold up in the Instagram. Everyone's on Um, Instagram, but not everyone's on Twitter. So Yeah. Yeah, so shout out to all of you guys. Um, but our Instagram handle is at the number two black girls one rose. Um, and also share anytime you listen to the podcast, just take some time, take a little little screen screen grab, a little screenshot, and add it to your story and tag us. So that way we can have fun and interact with you. We repost it to our story. It's a lot of fun. Yes, we're having fun interacting with you guys on this this little platform. Mm-hmm. So. And as always, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. The handle's number two, BLK Girls, the number one, Rose. The Bachelor's mm-hmm. obviously not on right now, but we do still tweet and still live tweet a bunch of other reality mess. So yeah. <laughs> if you still want to hear us or see our live tweeting, go and follow us on Twitter and also mm-hmm. search for Two Black Girls, One Rose on Facebook. Yeah. Um, all right, that's that for the announcements. Justine, mm-hmm. do we have some church <laughs> announcements? We do, we do. Yay! So what about your program? We, we <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that real quick. <laughs> have to. We had a bunch of emails um, this week. We had Louisa, Jacqueline, Adrian, and Rachel, who gave us some love. Um, also gave us some details about us, which is always cool. I love when you guys put like little antidotes and in, in who you guys are um, and what you guys love in your emails. So shout out to all four of you guys. So shout out to everybody who slid into our Instagram DMs. Yay. We see them. Yes. And, uh, we love them. Some people are even spilling tea through the Instagram mm-hmm. DMs. So thank you guys all for the love in there. And that's it for the church announcements. All right. Um, we do have a little bit of Bachelor Nation news. Oh, <coughs> oh my God. <coughs> First and foremost, everybody, I am still sick. 
Phil. You can hear it in my old grandpa laugh, and I will be <laughs> coughing periodically through this podcast. I have the same goddamn cough from three episodes ago. It's oh still here. I'm sick as a dog, but I'm trucking along. So just want to put that uh, preface out there. In Bachelor Nation news, <laughs> Becca M, baby Becca, she is pregnant. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already mm-hmm. seen the the news for her husband, <laughs> Grayson. Husband. I totally missed that. Justine told me this that she got married. You, yeah, she got married in the you know uh, a little house on the prairie, dress on the beach. <laughs> she was definitely pregnant. Oh, this was wow. like maybe three weeks ago, and they got married, and they have not been together for very long. So I see why, she, now I really see why she went on The Bachelor, because that really would have worked for her. Yeah, she says she wants to be a young mother and a young... A young uh, mom. And a young wife and all that, so... Mm-hmm. She's getting her dream. She looks happy. She looks beautiful. She's glowing. She does. So mm-hmm. I'm happy she's happy. Yep. Um, and Sponsored by Pure Wow. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> she's about to, woo, she about to be out here selling the diapers, boy. Yep. Selling all mm-hmm. that mate, that baby gear. Yep. On uh, what you call it on Instagram? You know, there's another mother that I watch a lot, Whitney Port from the Hills. She's a mom. She's a mom. She does all kinds of videos on that. breastfeeding and shit, and I'm all up no. in the videos. Like I got babies <laughs> to breastfeed. <laughs> I don't know why she's one of those like mommy influencers that I really love for some reason. Oh, I love Whitney Port. I have to follow her. I've always loved Whitney, but yeah, she's a mom. She's out here selling her. Mommy stuff and doing mommy right. stories and stuff. Yeah, it's like a whole nother world of the influencer, yeah. yep. you know, kind of thing. So we'll be seeing Beck out here shucking the baby girl. Uh huh. Um, and more unhappy news, <laughs> rather. Oh my God. Jordan, a la Jordan and Jenna, he did an interview with Reality Steve, giving his side <laughs> of the mess with his fraud of a wife <laughs> jenna <laughs> or fraud of a fiance <laughs> rather jenna um i listened to the interview with three, mm-hmm. most of it um the major takeaways so it's so it sounds like the story is jenna had a sugar daddy okay who, some older man who's helping her out with her lifestyle her business whatever and basically she didn't want to let that sugar baby relationship go so mm. those texts were essentially that her trying to like butter up to him and mm. okay. i guess that's what she's gonna say her story is try to butter up to him that she you know not in love with jordan so he doesn't leave her basically or doesn't stop with his payments mm-hmm. or whatever right fuck. yeah um and jordan truly was blindsided like he was not involved in this scam or they were not in cahoots really? like this was jenna's whole thing on her own um, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a really hard time believing that, but okay. No, it sounded like, because if you think about it, if they were in cahoots, why would Jenna do mm-hmm. something like this? Because she's looking bad. Like, why would she enter into a scam or whatever with Jordan where she ends up looking mm-hmm. like the fuck boy at that, like the fuck girl at that? <laughs> I don't know how he's involved but the fact that he did like four or five interviews in one day makes me very skeptical yeah you know know. what i mean yeah but i feel like people jordan especially he likes to regardless be in the limelight (laughs) and he's not about to have them talking about him and yeah whatever and he's not giving his piece so that's how i saw it as 
Um, but also Reality Steve. So Reality Steve released like the text messages. That's the text from Jenna that we all mm-hmm. saw. But apparently mm-hmm. there were also like email. So the guy yeah, was emailing yeah. Reality Steve and verifying everything. And Reality Steve showed all of that to Jordan. And that's how Jordan was able to pretty much break up with break his engagement with, with Jenna because Jenna, he, yeah. he made a very informed decision. It wasn't just based off the text. It was, he saw all kind of other stuff behind the scenes and basically it was confirming yeah. on reality Steve's show that like it's her. So mm-hmm. her lie saying that it wasn't her or her next story mm-hmm. saying that, you know, she didn't really mean it. This is just a guy that she had in her life, blah, 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 blah. Um, Jordan saw a little bit more behind the scenes. So mm. yeah, that's, so that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck to them. Best of luck to yeah, them. I was gonna say good luck to them, but I mean, they'll they'll find it. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Whatever. They're two pretty blondes in America. Right. They'll, they'll work it out. They'll work it out. Jordan will be on another Paradise like next year. Absolutely. Jenna yeah. If not Winter Games in in three months. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh. And, yeah, that's all I got for Bachelor News. Should we dive okay. into Nice for What to These Niggas, Becca edition? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, basically, um, we're going to dive into Becca's season. Becca's season included a cast of highly problematic men, <laughs> from <laughs> Garrett to Lincoln to Leo to Gospel Chris. Um, while the ending obviously wasn't our favorite and Becca pissed pretty much all of us off in the end by choosing, mm-hmm. you know, Garrett Kushner, <laughs> the season overall still I feel like presented like a lot of juice to dissect. Mm-hmm. Similar to Ari's season. Ari wasn't our favorite. His season wasn't our favorite. At all. But there's so much good stuff in there to like talk about. So yeah. that's what we're going to do now. So, the first topic we're going to get into is what Justine and I like to call everyday bigots. Mm. The Mm -hmm. Garrett's of the world, the usually straight white men and and or straight white women who we are all friends with, we work with, we party with, we confide in, who are regular, schmegular, everyday people in our lives who underneath, you know, all of that well-intentioned stuff sometimes possess very problematic thoughts, opinions, and outlook on people mm-hmm. <laughs> who don't look like them. Um, generally, people who are oppressed, people of color, LGBTQ, immigrants, um, all of, you know, those types. Mm-hmm. Um, we call them everyday bigots because, you know, they're not like the backwater swamp redneck you know yeah the duck dynasty duck dynasty flying their confederate flags riding around in pickup trucks like (laughs) those aren't the everyday biggest those are kind of like the very obvious racist rednecks that Mm -hmm. we all know and label as racist rednecks the everyday biggest are the people who you know a little bit more well integrated into our lives who we're sometimes friends with you know Mm -hmm. until one day we either have a conversation or we overhear them say something or basically we become a little bit privy to their rather troubling belief systems. Mm-hmm. So as it relates to the bachelor or the bachelorette, um, last season with Rachel, we had Lee this season. Mm-hmm. We had Garrett who, 
he seemed to be a pretty well liked guy in the house. Yeah, that's usually how it is. Yeah, yeah, After, like because they're usually very friendly mm-hmm. and easy to get along with, and regular smuggler. Yeah, and regular. Yeah. yeah, and like after even after his whole Instagram scandal thing broke, like mad people, like other guys at the house, like ran to his de- to his defense. His defense, including yeah. many of the contestants of color. Yep. Which, you know, mm-hmm. for us, that was very shocking and surprising, but he was a well... Kind of. Yeah, exactly, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very, you know, well-liked person in the house. Mm-hmm. Justine and I, personally, as y'all know, didn't give Garrett not a single morsel of a chance on this season, <laughs> <laughs> because fuck Garrett and his mega-ass beliefs. But, scandal aside, like, if you push the scandal to the side, the scandal never happened. Mm-hmm. Garrett's appear to be a very regular ass decent white man you know what i mean yeah and it's honestly for me so now i'm talking more personally mm-hmm. for me it's honestly like the garrett's of the world who i personally fear the most <laughs> yeah because yep. with the backwater rednecks like i know where they stand exactly right i know exactly what they believe i know exactly what they think about me with mm-hmm. the garrett's that shit sneaks up on you mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And you don't know until you invited them to your family's house or, you know, you had drinks with them. You don't know until you've gotten to a certain level of intimacy in that relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is extremely aggravating because you spent time building something with someone mm-hmm. who hates you secretly, <laughs> secretly. thinks that you shouldn't have any rights. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Um, so... Yeah, with Becca choosing Garrett in the end, Becca, who, you know, allegedly was, like, this champion for social justice, she was a Clinton supporter, Mm -hmm. she was a, Mm -hmm. you know, harsh critic of Trump, it brought up, like, it really brought up a very interesting topic and was honestly, like, the topic of a lot of think pieces, like, written on the internet of, like, how does one deal with the everyday bigot, like, can mm-hmm. you in fact marry and date one of these people like do are we supposed to give them a chance can we true yeah. can one truly overlook someone's like bigoted ways like what's what's your experience with the, with the garrets of the world justine so i have a lot of experience with the garrets <laughs> of the world because i've worked in a lot of different places and a lot of different arenas mm. Um, it's mostly at work. At school, I remember in college definitely dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always signs. Like, there's always signs that you can see. Now, at the point of 28, I can see it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Back when I was 18 and going to college, I was just, like, kind of trying to make friends and trying to be cool. So I didn't really want to, like, ruffle anybody's feathers or anything. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, PWI, so I wasn't... And I was trying to have fun. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really, like, looking for any of the signs the way that I do now. And I wasn't writing people off the way I do now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But my experience with the everyday bigot is that they will expose themselves within probably, like, half an hour of a conversation. (laughs) What? You'll, You'll tell. Yeah, you can tell. Pretty much, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, one of the jobs I had, um, I was talking to a guy about weddings, and he had just recently got married. 
And I told him about how a friend of mine did her wedding at the courthouse. And she said that her wedding was the best day of her life. And I was like, that's amazing because she spent $900. So (laughs) that's phenomenal. Good for her. And he was like, no, that's not what you do. Your parents help you out. How could they do that? Yada, yada, yada. And immediately I knew he was a Trump supporter (laughs) because only people like that. People who think that everybody grew up exactly Mm, like them, mm -hmm. you can tell immediately. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. Nope. I I wrote him off immediately. I was like, okay, I see exactly where you stand. Mm. So it doesn't take much. And it it really takes talking about superficial shit. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to talk about social justice. Where it can come up, reveal itself. You can talk about everyday shit. and, And you'll find it out almost immediately so that's my tip for any of you girls listening who are in college um and maybe you like somebody or you have somebody who's in your friend group who you may feel a little bit uncomfortable with or Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. just have a one-on-one conversation with them about some superficial stuff don't talk about voting (laughs) you know (laughs) none of that none of that maybe talk about someone being pregnant and like going to the doctor and maybe they'll expose something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But that's that's my experience. What about you? So I have... What about so, you, so what you just said about, like, girls in college, if you're dealing with, you know, people in your friend group saying ignorant-ass shit or, or whatnot. So I have an example of that. And Oh, boy. Um, kind of what you said, like, in college, you were just... You just want to have fun. You're not trying to, yeah. you know, call out racism every five seconds, but... <laughs> Yeah. As you get older, you become less tolerant. But mm-hmm. um, basically, uh, so this was in college, this is after college when I was living in Australia. Um, so I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times. About six years ago, I lived in Australia for a year and I was traveling with some friends. And I had a friend who would sometimes say little like microaggressive, like mm. little black jokes in a way. Like she'd make little things about my hair, my weave. Mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that I would say about myself, but she would, like, repeat them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay for me to say it, but you saying it, right? all that good. But right. I yep. would kind of brush it under because I didn't really, I wasn't really offended by it. It was more like, okay, enough with the hair or enough with the this yeah. and that. Um, and so that was that. And then there was one night where we all, a few of us were pre-gaming, hanging out, and she made a Asian joke. Mind you. What? No one in the group is Asian. Oh, no. So, uh, but, yeah, so nobody in our circle was Asian. And, I mean, she got away with saying little black things because I was black, so I was in the group. Right. But now you're saying Mm -hmm. jokes that nobody in the group is even, like, represents. Now you're just saying ignorant shit. So, in that moment, I called her out, and not even in, like, an aggressive way. I remember I distinctly was like, oh, that's not cool. Don't say that. Like, very mm-hmm. plain as day. And she kind of, I could see she was kind of, like, taken aback. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just, like, moved on and went, went about our lives. And so later that night, we were walking back to our our hostel where we're all staying. And I hear her behind me talking to another friend about how, you know, uh, Natasha, da 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 I just, I hear my mm-hmm. name. So I turn around, I'm like, what's up? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can literally hear you saying. And she's like, well... I just don't like. <laughs> Here we go. Well, ellipses. Well, you already know. Mm-hmm. You already know. White woman tears may Tear, be coming next. Exactly. Well, I just don't like how you made me feel, and like it's almost like you were trying oh to make me feel like God. I was racist. And yep. da, 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 da. and I was like, hold up, wait one minute. 
First of all, I never said the word racist. You said the word mm-hmm. racist. So that's mm-hmm. on you. <laughs> if you felt that way. Because I didn't say mm-hmm. that. Second of all, I was like, the reason I called you out is because no one in our group is even Asian. So now <laughs> you're just saying racial jokes just off the cuff yeah. trying to be funny. And I was like, you need to be careful with that because you might one day say it around someone and you offend them. And she's right. like, well, I would never do that. I would obviously never say a joke around someone who's Asian. I'm like, but that's not the point. Like, you don't know who has a ra- has an Asian auntie, who has an Asian best right. friend, who, like me, I'm black, I'm not even Asian, I was offended. Like, you don't know who exactly. you're going to offend. And so I basically was talking, I was like, don't get into the habit of saying these kinds of jokes. And I almost felt bad because I'd gotten, she had gotten away for so long with saying these little black, micro-wretched yeah. shit with me. Then mm-hmm. now when I'm calling her out, she was almost so caught off guard because she'd gotten away with it. So basically, yeah. I say all that to say that in that moment, I learned the lesson that like when people kind of like the everyday bigots or the very well-intentioned white people in your life who are your friends, when they sometimes say things that are offensive, you have to, it's almost like the burdens, the responsibilities on us sometimes to call them mm-hmm. out in that moment. And I think for me, I let so much stuff pass by that she almost got to a level of comfort where she felt like she could just mm-hmm. say anything around me. And then because you were the barometer, I was the barometer. even though you weren't acting like one, right. you were the her barometer. Exactly. Yeah. And so th- that's my one little story that I wanted to say to, you know, the young people out there or people yeah. who are dealing with kind of th- these people in their life who say these kind of like off the cuff comments that we let slide. But I, mm-hmm. I, like, honestly, sometimes you do have to say something in that moment to kind of be mm-hmm. a learning lesson to that person, even though the it's it is a burden to bear that responsibility. I think it is an unfortunate responsibility of being a POC. So. Oh my God, horrible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was one thing I wanted to say. I do have another little story. Go ahead. Um, Let's go. A work story. So kind of, kind of contradicts, not contradicts, but I don't necessarily agree with what you said earlier about how you can always see it. Because <clears throat> mm-hmm. I have a story where I, I got duped <laughs> by you did. a very good friend slash coworker who turned out to be a full-fledged bigot in the end. <laughs> and I had no, no idea, had no signs, none, none of it. So a couple years ago, I was working um, at this organization that um, basically champions educational access for students of mm-hmm. color. Um, and I had a very good coworker friend who was a white male and we were legitimately friends. Like we would go out to lunch all the time. We hung out outside the office. He came to my birthday. I went to his birthday. I met his girlfriend. We'd all hang out after work. Like we were legit like friends. He was a cool dude and he was like a quirky kind of dude, but I liked him. We had a good vibe. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, (laughs) Mm. One day at lunch, this is now months, months, months into maybe a full year even into working there and being friends. We went to lunch with another coworker and we got into a conversation about race and a conversation about um, kind of like the, the organization that we worked at and the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he just didn't really understand. He worked there, mind you, as a white man. Right. He didn't understand the mission. He didn't understand what we were, like, why are we championing educational access for people of color? What about poor white people? And then from that, that trickled into, (laughs) girl, it trickled into a whole discussion. (laughs) Next thing, we're talking about slavery. 
We're talking oh, about no. Jim Crow. At lunch? Yes, girl. We talking oh, about Trayvon. Boy. And he ended up saying some very troubling things that really just caught me so off guard. No. Um, about just, <laughs> like... Just oppression in America and how basically mm-hmm. we need to get over it. Yeah, like it doesn't yeah, exist. Like right. in so few yeah. words, that's what he was saying. Racism is over. That's literally almost what he was yeah. saying. And it was saying so much. Did, what was his reason? Obama or because white people are also poor? Yeah, the poor white um, narrative was uh, mm-hmm. a big part of his discussion. Um, also because he comes from a working class kind of blue collar okay. background. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that. So I kind of understood, you know, a little bit what he was saying there. Um, mm-hmm. But he also was just very willfully ignorant. Like, he mm. doesn't watch the news. This was around the time where, like, Trayvon Martin was happening. I think it was yeah. around the time of Trayvon Martin. Um, he had no idea what was going on with the Trayvon Martin case. Was just willfully wow. ignorant of those of those things. And... Um, we basically were at lunch. We're just having at lunch. And then later at like happy hour, basically doing like a whole history lesson with him. And mm-hmm. it was just so much. He didn't know, didn't care. And just was so yeah. harsh about basically saying to me, like, these are all problems that you need to get over. And it's 2018 right. Obama. Like, I don't know if he said Obama's president, but he basically was saying he was using me as an example. Like, look at you, look at your family. You guys are so right. successful. You made it. Yeah. Why can't everybody else make it? Why can't black people get their mm-hmm. shit together? Like, and that girl, that shit caught me so off guard Oof. and troubled me so deeply to my soul to the yeah. point where we basically like broke up. <laughs> like our friendship. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Broke oh up. yeah. I no, you took, gotta cut him right off. Yeah, I had a weekend mm-hmm. to kind of like mend myself. Like literally, I was having like sleepless nights. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. that next week, I came in. I asked him if he wanted to go to lunch, and I mm-hmm. basically told him at lunch that like, look, I can't. I'm. It's so unfortunate we had these conversations, but I can't unhear the things that you said, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I need to, for my own sake step away and take like a break almost like from our relationship mm-hmm. so I can get my sh- like my mind right like process what I just went through with you yeah and he couldn't understand it he was so angry he was you made us have this conversation this is your oh fault. yeah because it's all your fault oh yeah, yeah. oh he had no yeah. qualms mm-hmm. about telling me I was to blame um yeah. mm-hmm. and said all kinds of hurtful things to me to the end i was yelling at him i was like look i was trying to salvage our little bit of a friendship left but now right. i don't think there's anything left and so that basically was the end of that and so that was my example of getting duped like literally someone who yeah. i had deeply in my life who met my met friends of mine who came to my birthday yeah. who i went to his house who all the while had some very troubling beliefs about black people and he had a black friend in me well he because he was using you for validation i think so as to his theory of like oh well black people can do it look at my friend natasha Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's the that's that's the thing about a lot of everyday bigots is that they use successful in whatever term that is to them Mm -hmm. right because success is defined by differently by everybody 
successful black or people of color peers of theirs Mm. as validation for whatever argument they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Which is infuriating for us because all the while we are busting their ass harder than they will ever have to work, especially if it's a man. Right. And they have no idea what that's like. No, no. And until they admit that they have no idea what what that's like and that they won't ever have to, mm-hmm. they're going to continue into this pattern of like, oh, well, she did it. Why can't you? Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. acknowledging. It's not acknowledging or understanding like white privilege, which he yeah. I mean, part of our conversation, he had no idea even what that was. And wow. basically, as I explained it to him, he was like scoffing at it. So, and as you said, using me as an example, you are so successful, you made it. So what do you, what can you say mm-hmm. that there's privilege? Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a hard lesson I had to learn with an everyday bigot. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that shit, it, that messed me up for a while, honestly, for a while. Like we had a friendship yeah. breakup and it was messy for a while. There was texts going back and forth. At work, yeah. It was at work. He ended up leaving um, the, the, the company within like, a few weeks after that he was already scheduled to leave oh nice um so it was like perfect i didn't have to work with him that much longer but it Mm -hmm. was it really taught me that um like quite frankly most white people cannot handle an in-depth conversation about race and I know that's a vast generalization, but I think it's it a is. true, <laughs> I think it's a true generalization. A lot yeah. of white people feel very uncomfortable talking about race. Yeah. yeah they and do. that's not, that's, I mean, it's partially to their own fault because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a lot easier residing in your comfort and your privilege of not ever having to talk about race, which is a very uncomfortable conversation. Um, yeah. versus people of color where we don't really have a choice but to talk about race because it's our everyday existence. Um, mm-hmm. But it is also the fault of just like our society, particularly in America, where we we haven't even had an honest conversation reconciling slavery in this country. So, right, right. <laughs> so yeah. there's obviously people of white people are going to feel very uncomfortable talking about race. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what that lesson taught me is that I have to be very careful who I talk about race with and Mm -hmm. who I um yeah who I enter into some of those tough conversations with particularly if they are not of color and I want them Mm -hmm. to remain in my life (laughs) 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 because I had that one example I went into it and Mm -hmm. it was super messy but do you feel like um not having those conversations is sort of a selfish exchange between you and the other person because you want them to remain in your life because you, you know, have a good relationship with them, with them think they're funny, whatever, whatever, and it's, like, surface level. Mm-hmm. And then they are having you be kind of, like, their black friend, right? They're, like, black friend who's on the same level as you, mm-hmm. as them, sorry. Um, do you feel like just keeping them there is like a selfish thing or do you feel like it's fine because so i'll say the white people i have in my life now who are like dear friends of mine are people who Mm -hmm. i talk about race with yeah yeah me too so that that's just one thing like i'm not i'm at a stage in my life i don't have people around just for superficial nothing if if you're here you're gonna be we're gonna be talking about this shit um, but I do have, you know, like acquaintances or like coworkers and things like that where I don't, yeah. I don't go into those conversations 
strategically because mm-hmm. I don't want to open that can of worms because I don't know where that's going to lead. And you ain't my yeah. friend, friend, so we don't even need to do that. <laughs> right, right. So for us to just remain kosher and cordial and coworkers or whatever, we'll just not talk about yeah. it generally. Um, mm-hmm. But any other white person who's in my life as like a dear friend of mine, they're on that level already. So we're able to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't talked about that story in a long time, actually. I brought up a lot of memories. Oh, Lord. Um, I also wanted to say, so as it relates to dating. <coughs> now, you all know I've never dealt with this. <laughs> Justine has. Have you ever dated outside of race? Nope. Never date outside her. Not on purpose, yeah, though. I know. I'm not trying to be Molly from Insecure out here. I'm not trying to, like, just shun hot Asian men out of my life. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that shit. I, I just haven't had anybody come across my path. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That is a goddamn lie. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Well, <laughs> if you guys go back to Nice for What to these niggas, our, yes. our edition, we do talk about interracial dating, so you can hear all about my experiences, Justine's experiences. Um, but as it relates to dating, I found this tweet from Becca Season that to me really summed up my feelings on Becca choosing Garrett over Blake. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And this person said on Twitter, it was the at Sushi Suresha or something. I don't know. I just want to give credit to the person. Um, yeah. They said the most problematic thing about last night's finale is the fact that Becca saw Blake's anxiety as a deal breaker and not Garrett's racist homophobic tendencies. <laughs> 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 Which is exactly what I thought when she yeah. threw Blake under the bus for him having anxiety about, you know, literally being on a show where he's competing against 25 other men for this woman's love. Um, mm-hmm. how that was like a big deal to her, but then she couldn't get over Gar- Garrett's foolishness. And he's like been through everything there is to go through. Yes, in- including a school <laughs> shooting. Like, hello. Right. The fuck. And so, like, remember early in the podcast, I put out the question to the listeners, which I never really got my answer. I'm still putting it out there again if anybody wants to give oh. me insight on how two people of opposing, like, political beliefs... Mm -hmm. can find love and how like can Mm -hmm. they truly find love like how does this happen how did becca fall for garrett who so clearly has some maga leaning (laughs) beliefs like i still never really got my Mm -hmm. answer so send me you know stories please (laughs) if anyone yes send send other emails to two black girls one rose at Mm gmail.com And, yeah, so everyday bigots, uh, deal with them literally every day in work, life, whatever. As it comes to dating, mm-hmm. I don't even tolerate them not one bit, so. <laughs> no. If we're, if we're not on the same political, social, leaning spectrum, it's just not even, it's not even a, a consideration. No, yeah, there's, there's just no way. I would be thinking about it 24-7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be thinking about it all the time. Um, but one thing <laughs> I do have to say about um, dating and the everyday bigot, since I only date black guys, this is really only shifting towards the homophobia realm mm-hmm. and the sort of conservative leaning uh, fiscal realm, maybe. Mm. Um, but in in spite of me dating thugs and 
as well as educated people. I have dated way more guys who were less educated and talked to guys who were, quote unquote, less educated. Let's say they didn't go to college who label themselves as feminists and are championing for feminists than I do, than I have for guys who have been to college who, like, whine about feminism. Oof. I find a lot of guys who, black guys, let me just put this out there, black ones, who have been to college, yeah, I'm talking to you all, who've been to college will whine about, um, like, Certain things about equal rights, about being a gentleman, how it's not fair, and yada, yada, yada. And then the thugs who I go out with and, you know, the street dudes who I go out with, they're like, no, I think it's cool that women should make the same as men, but I'm still going to hold the door for you, ma. <laughs> like, it's all good. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? It's oh, God. Like, how is this happening? And this is multiple iterations. Why are you I don't attracting understand. that type? What is that? Because all Wait, educated black men are not... What do you call these things? Hoteps? Is this the hotep thing that you're trying to teach me? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> what is the hotep? This isn't as bad as hoteps. Okay. Hoteps are bad. So what is no. this brand of educated black men who is... I don't know. And why I, do you keep finding them? This is nuts. It's the only ones that I've ever talked to. I don't know. Mm. And it's not even dating. It's in everyday life as well. Oh. Yeah. It, it, it work, everyday life. Yeah. Uh, that is very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I have not encountered that type. <laughs> <laughs> I have not encountered that yet. I have encountered, I think I told this story early, uh, maybe last time, the date I went on with a suspected Republican mm-hmm. who had some choice things to say about affirmative action on our first date <laughs> and new balances on right didn't he have on new balances he, yes he had on new balances which uh, are justine's mm-hmm. favorite shoe <laughs> mm, mm, mm. that's another way you could tell ladies in college the footwear. <laughs> footwear if the footwear is off and it's a tube sock maybe a cargo short uh, stay away yeah he had on I think both uh, cargo short and a fucking New Balance sneaker. Oh, and Ooh. felt like having a conversation with me who was fresh in grad school studying affirmative action about affirmative <laughs> action and had some real questionable things to say. And yeah. at the end of that day, I was like, you know what? Moral of the story is I think it's okay to talk about politics on the first date because I need to find oh, out if yeah. you're big or not. Or if, Immediately. Yeah, off rip. Mm-hmm. If you have the same beliefs on certain issues as me because if not we're just gonna be wasting time and so yeah for me i've said it before there is a minimum level of wokeness required Mm -hmm. to date me whether you are black white purple yellow asian whatever (laughs) you need to be at a level of acceptability as it relates to issues of race uh all of the issues. I can't even go into all of them. All of the issues. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Everything. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Did we exhaust okay. the everyday bigot? I think so. Category. I think we're done. Excited to hear you guys' questions about the everyday bigot. Yes. Email us your questions. If you're dealing with a current yeah. everyday bigot in your life, if you are like Justine and also attracting these very educated yes. black men who, for whatever reason, have... What? What did you say? They have. Well, they get they they are annoyed by feminism and equality in a way that is very triggering. 
And they think that they're like challenging your mind and da da da. No, you're just lazy. So email <laughs> oh us if you if you have had this. It sounds experience. awful. I've never met that type, and I don't want mm-hmm. to. And then it's very it's troubling times. to hear that that exists. Mm-hmm. But email mm-hmm. us your questions. Two black girls, one rose yep. at gmail.com. And speaking of problematic black men. <laughs> problematic uh, men. Stop <laughs> saying black men. Problematic oh, men. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I did this on the last nice for what too. Sorry, nice. guys. Um, speaking of problematic men, toxic masculinity is our next topic. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do now is just define toxic masculinity because I think a lot of people are, it's kind of like a gray area. So let's just read what the Wikipedia has to say. <laughs> so scholars have used the term toxic masculinity to refer to stereotypically masculine gender roles that restrict the kinds of emotions allowable for boys and men to express, including social expectations that men seek to be dominant, like the alpha male, and limit their emotional range primarily to expressions of anger. So basically anything outside of this is deemed to being Oh, I'm not going to say all these is deemed to just being unacceptable for men. Mm-hmm. Dr. Terry Coopers, I think that's it. Yeah, Coopers, mm-hmm. a scholar on toxic masculinity, defines it as the constellation of socially regressive male traits that serve to foster domination, the devaluation of women, homophobia and wanton violence. According to Cooper's, toxic masculinity serves to outline the aspects of homogenic masculinity that are socially destructive, such as misogyny, homophobia, greed, and violent domination. Mm. (laughs) That was a lot. It was. There was a lot in there. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to discuss all that. But um, as far as Becca's season goes, it was such a uh, a hodgepodge. Oh, hot toxic med. masculinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just arising all over the place. It was like the mole, the whack-a-moles, they were just everywhere. Mm-hmm. So first there was Gospel Chris, who has the cocktail party. Since he won the first impression rose, he expected Becca to just come Not over to him impression. and just the fall in rose. I think you can, Oh, I'm sorry, the group rose. date rose. Mm-hmm. Group date rose. And he expected Becca to come fawn all over him. And then she was like, fuck out of here. Whose show is this? It's mine. Bye. <laughs> And he was fighting with Wills to steal her time. And then just in general, over the course of the show, was really an asshole mm-hmm. um, to all of his castmates and to Becca. Um, he ended up, like, admitting that that was the reason why he didn't come up to her and kind of trying to blame her, which is ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then Colton... So mainly, not Colton himself, but the, the mm-hmm. what he represents um, of him being a virgin and his manhood relating to his sexuality mm-hmm. um, and that being his masculinity being questioned yeah. because he was a virgin um, is definitely an example of toxic masculinity. I know I had my own personal theories as to why he was a virgin, but had nothing to do with his sexuality or him being enough of a man it had to do with um just the fact he was so tall and good looking and so odd <laughs> like, like why are you married already right. like, what is this yeah um, but there's a lot of theories out there of people like questioning yeah. his sexual orientation which is like 
mm-hmm. wild to me. Yeah. And a yeah. great example of, like, toxic, toxic masculinity, that a guy just can't be a virgin. Mm-hmm. He has to be, like, something is, you know, something's, you know. He's, he's hiding like, something mm-hmm. or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jordan on the mental all. And, I mean, in general, but... Jordan on the Mentel All, he really was pointing out the guys for a lot of superficial reasons that had everything to do with the definitions we just read, um, constantly making comments to Colton about his virginity, and of course, Jean Blanc making digs at Colton um, and throughout the show. Gospel Chris and Garrett both made comments in their confessional before Colton's one-on-one date mm-hmm. saying... They know he's not coming back because he's a virgin. How could Becca possibly be still attracted to him mm-hmm. if he's a virgin? Mm-hmm. Also, Jordan on Bachelor in Paradise um, was really displaying his toxic masculinity, talking about the women as food, dishes, food mm-hmm. dishes, um, and just kind of minimalizing them in that way. And then also lashing out at Jubilee and Chelsea for literally snickering at him throwing a teddy bear into the ocean Mm -hmm. nigga that's funny why wouldn't you laugh (laughs) um garrett also and his just everyday bigotry (laughs) uh like an instagram photo where he was making fun of feminists um saying that they have to be fat and not conventionally attractive Mm -hmm. um and then another one making fun of a little boy wearing makeup saying that he wasn't a real man or he wasn't how boys should be raised which i have obviously deep feelings about being a makeup girl Mm -hmm. um and it had a very very homophobic caption um leo which we didn't really know until bachelor in paradise but he was obviously (coughs) the personification of toxic masculinity um (laughs) and as he displayed those traits just got uglier and uglier. Oh my god. Literally physically. Physically. Right? Was a fucking banshee by the end. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> so disgusting. Like I definitely remember <coughs> seeing him and looking at him completely differently. Completely. When we were looking at the the roster of guys. We were like, oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. I see it for this one. The guy with the hair and okay, yeah, I see okay. it. Kind of cute. By yeah. the end, mm-hmm. he's Oh my ugly. God. <laughs> I look at him stuff. now and I'm like, oh, oh my God, I can't <laughs> like stand dry it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, he was being so rude to Kendall, calling her names, threatening to beat up you know whoever said whoever ratted him out for her his other display of toxic masculinity yeah, where he said kissing was just a greeting and gaslighting <laughs> her and everything everything the all of it oh my God. um and then obviously uh <laughs> the number one which is lincoln the convicted sex offender oh my God. <laughs> was on becca's season the fact that he was a convicted sex offender who managed to get on the season, there would oh never. Could you imagine if Colton or Ari had, like, a teacher who messed with her student and he, she was a convicted sex offender <laughs> and was on the show? That would never fucking happen. No. <laughs> but who knows would never now? Happen. Because whatever third-party agency they're hiring fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh um, and then even Wills, when he walked off camera to cry and really hid his face from crying, which I personally think could have gotten him on The Bachelor. Like, it could have gotten him the spot. <laughs> yes! If he just showed himself crying like, like Colton, Colton did, he could have. Five seconds on Paradise. 
all the time. Uh-huh. E- even Colton's dad. Colton's dad being like, oh, you know, you're being a real man. You know, you're taking around. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, those are just, just, just a few examples. <laughs> just a few. Just a few. I also wanted to add in another example that I thought was a very different display of, like, toxic masculinity or whatever. Um mm-hmm is in the finale on the couch with Becca, Blake, and Garrett, where Becca basically painted Blake to be, like, this emotionally unstable person because he was Mm -hmm. having anxiety, and she said the whole, well, what if we had kids? Like, how are you going to act then? Like, she basically was painting him being an emotional person as being, like, unfit in a relationship. And for me, that is, like... It goes back to that idea of, like, men can't display emotions and, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to buck up and, like, can the man just have anxiety? Like, why was that being used against him? That, to me, yeah. was her kind of playing into the idea of masculinity and hyper-masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. And Blake was being penalized for showing emotion, which wasn't isn't a quote-unquote masculine trait. So, so Right, definitely. And I think she should have clarified, like, I would want somebody... In a husband who's emotionally more even keel and stable than I am, because I my emotions are completely out of control. Mm-hmm. If I had more control over my emotions and I was less apt to cry at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. <laughs> then maybe I could get with somebody who right. would who would show their emotions a little bit more. But I'm not that type. I I couldn't have that. Yeah. Like I know it wouldn't be good for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And I think she should have clarified that if that's an individual mm. thing or if that's what she wants because she thinks it's because it's the man's job. Right. She ain't say it right. And she's yeah, and she's permitted to have emotions because she's a woman. Right. Um so right now we're in this very unique moment in history <coughs> where women's voice is louder than it has been in a while. Mm-hmm. And women of all races, colors, health, everybody. <laughs> not just cis straight women. Health. Everybody. <laughs> yes. I know. Sorry. Not health, but you know what I meant. Like, not just cis straight, you know, able-bodied women. of all women. identities, yes. Women of all identities, of all, yeah, everything. Um, are Can just voice themselves. Um I haven't dug into it, but this whole Brett Kavanaugh thing of this girl being like, yeah, in high school, he was problematic. Mm -hmm. Now it's a whole big thing, Mm -hmm. and she's making waves through the nation. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Justine, there's something I got to get off my chest, girl. Tell me. I've been low-key struggling with my relationship with my phone and social media. Just the over-accessibility these devices create, this addiction to Instagram, Mm -hmm. the distraction from everyday life and the people closest to me, it's been really stressing me out. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, that makes sense. Content overload is very real, and staring at everybody's highlight reels can be overwhelming Mm. and can absolutely steal your joy and peace. We carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively, 
therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. You all know we're huge advocates of therapy. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. It's been tremendously beneficial throughout different stages of my life and areas where I've needed help, from eating disorders to new relationships to my ever-changing relationship with my family. Therapy has really helped me to set boundaries and prioritize my self-care. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 2BG1R today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H E lp.com slash 2bg1r um and so we're having a lot of discussion about things like toxic masculinity and rape culture and just how men have been in the society and it's interesting how men are taking it some men are taking it by learning more some men are taking it by they feel like they're being blamed, almost like the everyday bigots. Like, they feel like they're like, oh, my God, you're calling me a rapist. Mm-hmm. No. We're just saying that yelling at a woman who's just trying to walk down the street is considered rape culture. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And I think over, it's showing that overall, like, the socialization of men and how... It's basically showing how pretty shitty we've raised men in this society essentially Mm -hmm. like the way they've been socialized and not being able to express their emotions and the treatment of women just how normalized disrespect of women and things have been um it's all coming to light that shit didn't work no didn't work at all and now we've got a bunch of toxic masculine men walking around and now we're trying to deal with it um so i'm glad we're having these conversations and that all of this is coming to light and mm-hmm. it being on the bachelor and it's on like a great, I mean, particularly in this season, it's been on a grand stage, like on national television. Um, yeah. With the fucking plethora of guys on Becca's season who were a fucking mess. <laughs> 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 My worst nightmare. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is the price that women have to pay for toxic masculinity? Um, I have stories even from just this past weekend. Um, me and Natasha and a couple of our other friends were out and two of us took the train back to Penn Station together. Mm-hmm. And there was this man on the train harassing women to the point where he was like in this woman's face. What? Like turned towards her. And was straight up in her face. And she just got up and left. And there was another woman who was saying to all the women on the train, just just go away, just just move, just move your seat, don't talk to him. What was he and saying? And that woman, he was saying all kinds of off-the-wall, wild, crazy shit. Like, he went up to this woman and he said oh, what are you doing with that? She had like an art um, easel with her. He was like, oh, what are you doing with that? Where are you going later? Like asking her, interrogating her, asking her all these questions. Um, And he was like, oh, you know, how do I get here? Oh, you're so pretty. Blah, blah, blah. Like just invading everybody's privacy privacy and space. 
and just clearly making everybody uncomfortable and also thriving on Mm. it in this very odd way. Mm. Um, And this woman in particular, who was very, very small and petite, who he was turned around to face and was like looking at her in her face and just in her face and disgusting. Mm -hmm. She left the train car and our friend was like, oh, she handled that really well. I'm like, yeah, she handled that well, but she has to go home and internalize that. Yeah, exactly. Like, she is, we have to stop saying that. Like, somebody handling something well can't just be that they ignored it. Mm. It has to, we have to put some blame on the other person, too, to be like, oh, my God, he made her so uncomfortable, and now she has to go walking around thinking that Mm -hmm. for the rest of her days. Right. Natasha and I were walking one day, and some guy just slapped my ass in the middle of Central Park. Oh, my God, I'll never forget that. (laughs) In the middle of daylight, Mm -hmm. the sun was shining. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just had to walk along and internalize it because I just thought oh my god what if he has a gun what if he has a knife yeah. what if he he was like, clearly all crazy types of shit. and like we yeah yeah like yeah. as women we just have to walk away and whatnot like that but we want to see more repercussions done mm-hmm. um or like you know justice <laughs> in that moment whatever right. it is yeah 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 it's it's crazy and whenever a group of men even when I got off the train and got into my destination mm-hmm. I'll just say I, I got off and got into Penn Station and there were a bunch of guys coming in Jets jerseys and they were clearly drunk. And I immediately from my head to my toe was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, don't come near me. Oh, my God, oh, my oh God, God, oh, my God. Yeah. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't have to go through that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. But we do as yeah. women because that was the walking personification again of toxic masculinity a bunch of drunk guys Mm. all in sports gear walking towards you like that's so frightening it It really is yeah that's true but especially if men are doing things that i consider quintessentially masculine and they're in a big group i get like afraid yeah 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 absolutely yeah so i think the bachelorette is a really unique show in particular Mm -hmm. because we have these like men who are put in this pressure cooker who are forced to be vulnerable and talk Mm -hmm. about their emotions like constantly but at the same time they're all competing against each other for dominance Mm -hmm. and to be like Mm -hmm. the alpha male and to prove to becca that they're the manliest of the man of all the men um and that like dichotomy is really interesting on the show and I think mm-hmm. in this season in particular, it was really put to a head because there were so many, like, quote-unquote, masculine competitions. Yeah, the challenges. Yeah. They had, like, that lumberjack one mm-hmm. that was all about, like, showing your strength. They had the dodgeball yeah. contest. Um, yep, they had the football one. The football date. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting because you have all these men who are, like, getting in touch with their emotions while sim- simultaneously trying to prove themselves to be, like, the men of all men. (laughs) Yeah, to, like, fit into this box Mm -hmm. of what we consider to be masculine. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Super interesting. Um, And I think for me personally, like, I... I... Like, as it comes to dating and relationships, like, I'm attracted to men who have strong self-awareness and high Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So, crying is healthy. I'm a big crier myself. I much mm-hmm. rather a guy who cries than someone who buries his emotions or mm-hmm. t- 
takes it out in anger or, you know, is like that scene where Colton was kind of like when he was being sent home and he like wasn't crying. Mm-hmm, and I, I mm-hmm. called it out immediately. That to me is so sad. <laughs> like, yeah. Sad and unattractive. Because it's like, I want you to yeah. let it out and cry. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. there's a reason why these men are walking around slapping your ass at the park. And these yeah. drunk guys right. in Jets jerseys are like scaring <laughs> us and shit. <laughs> like, because yeah. that's yeah. a lot of toxicity that's just like buried inside. And they've been socialized mm-hmm. to not show emotions and cry and and be a little bit more vulnerable and soft in the way that women are allowed to be. Mm-hmm. And so, like, not to say that I'm a, I'm attracted to men who completely wear their emotions on their sleeve because then the two of us together are just a fucking mess. But right, right. someone who has high emotional intelligence who's not afraid to tap into his, mo- his emotions okay. is, yeah. I think, more attractive to me and is probably a guy who isn't going to be out here in these streets trying to holler at women on the, on the street. Probably. So what if he let his emotions out in a different way than crying? Um, like in what way? Talking? Like talking like it out? Like talking yeah. or, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, or even like art. Yeah, I'll take that. Like painting Someone who can channel yeah. their emotions in a healthy mm-hmm. way. Whether it, for mm-hmm. me, it's crying. I cry a ton. Love it. Just yeah. love it all the way. Um, but yeah, it could be crying. It could be painting. It could be writing. It could be something mm-hmm. something where you're not shouting and screaming and cursing that just no woman is really yeah i mean some women no. love that but not me um but also guys who bury their emotions and don't yeah. like that also to me is a little bit problematic yeah <laughs> yes and will present itself later uh yeah as an issue so mm-hmm. not for me um, I also, as it relates to like toxic masculinity and, you know, men being disrespectful, um, mm-hmm. I have very low tolerance for disrespect for men. I have the mm-hmm. sweetest father on earth. I had mm-hmm. the sweetest grandfather on earth. I was raised being treated like a princess and extremely mm-hmm. respected by men. Justine and I went to an all girls school. That's where we met. Yep. So the two mm-hmm. of us together are always about female empowerment girl mm-hmm. power women 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 i'm a third generation all girl school Oof. graduate oh yes yeah <laughs> deep in this yep so i'm all about uplifting women and so watching this season with all the gaslighting these men were doing and Oof. just all the troubled rage and like behavior issues <laughs> was just very uncomfortable and really made me sad and really just made me think about as I said before, how the way we've kind of raised men is mm-hmm. clearly not isn't working out so right. It's not working. And something's yeah. got to give. We got to give a we got to give them a little bit more leeway to express themselves as it becomes to mm-hmm. as it as it comes to their emotions because it's not it's affecting them and it's affecting us as women as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I had to say on that. Okay. I just have a brief work thing. Oh yeah. Because I think toxic masculinity at work is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from sexual harassment, which I've experienced at now almost every single job that I've had. What? Yeah. Um, Actually, the least when I was working in service at a restaurant. Mm. The most when I was working in, like, corporate um, offices. Um, So if you have any sexual harassment questions. Yes. After you email your lawyer, 
Email to blackgirls@onerose.com, <laughs> and we'll answer your questions. Uh, and a lawyer will be on the air to talk to true. you. Rachel, Rachel the lawyer, she'll be here. She'll and get be your there. Expert opinion. <laughs> yep. Um, but frequently, in my experience, I found that at work, men who either aren't doing well or aren't getting the responsibilities that they think they deserve or desire demean themselves to a point that I've never seen a woman demean herself at work. What? Like a lot of men who I've worked with who don't like the work they're doing will say that they're a slave, a delivery boy, scum of the earth. I mean, these are like real terms that I've heard themselves call themselves. I know. Natasha's like (laughs) making a side puppy face and I totally agree. Like, that's what I say to them when they say stuff like that. I'm like, why would you think that about yourself? And whenever I hear women who aren't doing what they want to do at work, whether they're working in a restaurant, whether they're working in a, climbing up the corporate ladder, they think that they don't have enough responsibility or this isn't my path. Um, not making these really stark and diminutive generalizations about themselves the way that men do. So have you dealt with men who have not either found their path or aren't doing what they feel like they should be doing have had like less confidence and have like felt truly bad about themselves as people rather than women who are like oh I'm not doing what I want to do how do we switch this up Mm -hmm. yeah I would I would agree yeah I feel like men as it relates to career men um I think men measure their success and worth through career in a different way than women do Mm-hmm. And when it's not going well, they're very hard on themselves. Yeah. Um, not to say that women aren't, but I think men mm-hmm. um, measure their self-worth as yeah. it relates to their job their and work. a much higher yeah. value than women, at least to my experience working in counseling. Me too. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I mean, part of my job is doing a lot of, like, <laughs> almost therapy. I'm not a licensed therapist, mm-hmm. but therapy and, like, building confidence and helping people kind of like get over themselves a little bit um yeah. and get out of their own way and so yeah I've definitely dealt with um some men who young men who were very hard on themselves about their job or their prospects or mm-hmm. um things aren't going well at work or in a class or something like that yeah and it's really you can tell it's having a knock on their um I don't know their manhood. I don't know if it's manhood is the right term, but it's it's having a knock on their yeah confidence or their I mean, worth I, as a man. Yeah. I would say yeah. I would I would definitely consider it manhood mm. from the from the things that I've heard men call themselves. Like I would I would definitely consider it like a knock to their yeah. The just as you said themselves as a man. Mm-hmm, Cool. Okay. So that's, I think we dissected toxic masculinity pretty well. Mm-hmm. Send us your questions, guys. Yeah. Two black girls, one rose at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, our third theme dating the nice guy. Can't relate. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Off the bat, you have some bad stories about dating some bad boys. So the nice guy, the aw shucks guy, the guy Mm -hmm. who often finishes last, you know, no one wants to date the nice guy, we all want the bad boy, the guy with the little Mm -hmm. edge, 
guy who treats you just a little bit like shit, you know. (laughs) 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 On Becca's season, we had, in terms of nice guys, quote-unquote nice guys, we had Mm -hmm. Clay, adorable Clay. Mm-hmm. Um, who we always said he, you know, he's the type you could bring home to like any woman could bring him home to mom and she yeah. just eat him up. He was so like yeah. soft spoken and kind and gentle and you know even I said at one point like I want to hug him and cuddle him and braid everybody's ha- braid his hair like <laughs> that was the vibe that I just got from Clay. Can you imagine braiding his soft ass hair? <laughs> Scalping on damn hair. Braid Clay's scalp. <laughs> Um, we also oh had Venmo John, who turned out mm-hmm. to be a big pimp on Paradise, but <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> but he, he still was kind of like the nice guy. Yeah, also very yeah, adorable, so. very sweet, nerdy. I personally can't picture him getting angry ever or like yelling mm-hmm. at someone. Um, and then we also had grocery store Joe, another yep. adorable man, very endearing. Not an edge in sight, just very regular, schmegular Joe, mm. nice guy. Um, the nice guys in Bachelor World are very beloved, very beloved by Bachelor Nation. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, not that beloved by Becca because all three of them <laughs> went home pretty less that long. Um, yeah. And in fact, I had to think about this. In fact, the quote-unquote villains from Becca's season. Mm-hmm. And when I say villains, I'm mentioning John Blanc, Jordan, mm-hmm. Gospel Chris, and fucking Garrett Kushner, the ultimate villain. They lasted <laughs> longer than the quote unquote nice guys. Why why do you think Did that they? is? Yeah. Ugh, I mean well, I think from what we know from Becca, she definitely falls into the woman who wants the Oh, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Like, he falls into a lot of the traits of a toxic uh, a victim of to- toxic masculinity. Who Becca does? Yeah. When she was at Ross the Boss for seven years. Yikes. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Seven years. And I think, um, I mean, it's a deeper conversation with, like, why she was with him for so long and why she tolerated being with him for so long. Mm-hmm. Um but she is the type who wants like a manly man. What that means to her, a girl. <clears throat> Ooh, sorry, I'm catching the cold through Skype. <laughs> um, uh, the the girl from the white woman from Minnesota. You know what that means to her. I think is a very specific definition that Clay, Joe, and Venmo John did not mm. fit. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, Many women, Becca including, included, myself included, mm-hmm. you know, we've all said the term, you know, I want a guy with a little edge. Or some yeah. people oh. say, I want a bad boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, my God. Yes, of course. What? So tell me, Justine, what does edge mean to yes. you? Mm. So edge means to me that now <clears throat> being a little bit more grown and kind of knowing what I want from that edge Mm -hmm. is somebody who can put me in my place. Mm -hmm. As I said earlier, my emotions go completely bouncing off the walls out of control. And I need somebody who can really reel me in. Mm. Um, To me, that takes a little edge. Mm -hmm. And let me define edge Mm -hmm. a little bit. 
Yeah. Because I'm trying to get out of this. I'm trying to get out of this, guys. Because it's not working. working I'm still single. Yep. It's not working. Um, a little edge is just, you got a little roughness about you. <laughs> that sounds like a problem, Justine. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's just what I like. Oh, God. Yeah. It's just what I like. For me, when I say edge, like I want a guy with edge, to me... I'm saying I want a guy who can dish out the banter and wittiness with the quickness like I can. Someone who can like keep oh, wow. someone who can keep up with me okay. with jokes and teasing like I can. Like who mm, can come who okay. can hit me back with it at the same time. Like that to me is attractive. Yeah. Someone who isn't always going to agree with me on things, someone who also stands mm-hmm. firmly in his beliefs, someone who can put me in my place when I'm wrong. Someone who is mm-hmm. very decisive with their opinions. Mm-hmm. I to me that's someone with an edge. A guy who doesn't have an edge is someone who's agreeing with everything I say. Mm-hmm. Someone who makes me lets me make all the decisions. I pick where yeah. we're going out to dinner. He's like more passive. Uh, Edginess okay. is someone who okay. isn't afraid to be like, Nah, we're not eating there tonight. I want to go here, and I'm like, Okay. That's yeah. cute. All right. Like, <laughs> I feel some type of way because he's like, put me in my place. Like, right. That, right. I think that's what I'm attracted to when I say edge. Not necessarily a guy who's going to treat me like shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And that being said, I do think grocery store Joe would have enough edge for me. Really? Because he, yeah, because he has a little accent and he straight left Kendall in the dust. <laughs> he was like, I don't care if you stay on this beach or not. No. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to me, Grocery Store Joe is is just enough edge. I think he's got the perfect amount. Yeah, I think yeah. As you get older, yeah, man, you, you become less tolerant <laughs> of like the bad boy type. Yeah. And yeah, I know now. Like, I really just want a good guy, like a nice guy, someone with edge mm-hmm. in the way that I just described edge, but not quote unquote bad boy who's not going to text me back or play games and. Like, that I don't have yeah. time for. I think when we were younger, we put up with that, and we enjoyed it, because he was, like, mysterious, and he was, like, the bad boy. Yeah, and it's a chase, so it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, now we don't have time to chase? Exactly. <laughs> I have a quick story, um, just to show the progress that I've made in my life. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, Love progression. In college, I was so into this guy. We weren't even, I can't even say we are dating. We were not dating. Who... <laughs> Didn't really treat me all that well. Pretty much only texted me between the hours of like 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Oh, yikes. (laughs) I tried to arrange for us to hang out during the day like multiple times. Mm -hmm. And he just like wasn't into it. (laughs) But he was so cute. And my heart Mm -hmm. skipped a beat every time he texted me at fucking 1230. And I feel like I just wasted, I think it was like junior year. I wasted so much time even entertaining this dude. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I won in the end because I ended up hooking up with two of his frat brothers. So, oh, <laughs> hooking up meeting, I just made out with them. Okay, and do the whole thing, just made out. Okay, um, so I yeah. won in the end. But besides that, I was so attracted to him treating me like <laughs> like <a> garbage. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> I had this other guy who was younger than me, but I wasn't into him. He was totally into me, totally adored me, enamored by me, still in my life, calling me every now and mm-hmm. then, trying to take me on shit. Mm-hmm. Would have treated me super well. And at the time, I was like, eh, he's so nice. He's so into me. Yep. Uh, uh. 
let me text back the guy who won't text me back. Like, let me double text that dude <laughs> from last night. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. that when you're young and dumb and in college, like, there's some attraction for some reason to that guy who kind of keeps you on your toes and mm-hmm. who he, like, he, what is it? What did they say? You want what you can't have kind of thing? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus now at the ripe age of 28, I don't have time for this. Nope. No time. If you mm-hmm. are just nice to me <laughs> and adore me <laughs> and call me back, I can hang with you. Them yeah. other guys, I ain't got time for them. And so mm-hmm. I've made I've made some evolutions in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you. Love an evolution story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and like also the bad boy type when like the bad boy vibe at this age is not cute anymore. The physical bad boy type you're talking about physical i'm still talking about like the the guy who the vibes yeah the vibe he you know calls you sometimes and Mm -hmm. he um i don't even know like he what else do bad boys do yeah i'm trying to think (laughs) like what is this world again i don't even remember I don't know. Yeah, he like. Well, they only see you at night. Only see you at like night. He's very mysterious. Yeah. He comes around sometimes. He talks mm-hmm. a lot of shit and whatever. Like that vibe is even cute anymore because now we're at the age where we no. don't even have time to waste. My free time is so precious to me that I'm not gonna yeah. spend it with no quote unquote bad boy. I need a mm-hmm. nice guy. I'm into the nice guy. I'm totally into it. Yeah. What about you, friend? I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Still trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. I'm still trying to get there. I would date one out of the three. Oh, no, two. I would definitely date Venmo John. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I would date. Listen, the fact that I would date two out of the three examples and two of them are of other races. I think I'm making progress there. Cute, adorable Clay. No, no, I'm not dating Clay. No, what? No. You see how he he goes on Instagram about Angela? No, that could never be me. Oh, God. Too nice. Way too no, Mike. Oh, I just love her. My woman crush every day, nigga. I've known you for a month. If you don't get out of here <laughs> with all of this, oh my god, oh and relax. God. You've got to relax. Woo. I'll take that though over someone who yeah won't put me in their Instagram or something. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take that over. You know, the guy who's just a schmuck and won't. You know, and you don't know where he is, and there's still that sort of mystery mm-hmm. about him. I'll definitely take Clay over mm-hmm, that guy. Mm-hmm. But am I dating Clay out of three of these? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and now you guys know why we're single. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm probably going to end up with a Clay type uh, guy. Yes, we should. We both yeah. need to. Yeah. He's <laughs> clearly yeah. the better type. Um, but yeah. yeah, email us your questions, guys. If you are dating mm-hmm. a bad boy or trying to entertain a nice guy don't really know how to come around email to blackgirls1rose at gmail.com us and rachel Lindsay Mm -hmm. will answer your question next week yep should we move into our next theme let's move into it so the next theme one of my favorites guys that came up (laughs) so often even an episode was named after it pretty Mm -hmm. much people and their words Mm -hmm. so there were many displays of men and having empty words on Becca's season. Um, and as we can see throughout watching the season, if you're in Bachelor Nation or you just watch it casually, you can see that words are the only thing these people have to go off mm-hmm. of. So you can see pretty quickly if somebody's words are empty because 
you can probably see whatever they're trying to get to in the end, which is either winning or an Instagram sponsorship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so some examples are Jason. Oh, no. Jason. I just read that. Yes. No, Sounded scripted Jason. all the time. No, I love Jason. I love Jason, too. I don't think but this. his words to me always sounded very empty because he sounded like he was reading a full-on script. <laughs> Sorry, just putting that out there. Oh, I love Jason. Um, but uh, our fave, probably the the top guy who's coming in with all of these is Garrett, <laughs> who spoke, had, you know, as we said before, max 30 words in his vocabulary. <laughs> and... Um, just spoke at, a, at the second grade le- reading mm-hmm. level. As I think it was Becca Uncle said, Becca's uncle said, he's like a poet, which brings me to my ultimate nemesis, Jean <laughs> Blanc, <laughs> who dropped the L word way too early, like episode mm-hmm. four, and then <laughs> revoked it after she broke up with him and sent his ass in the snow to the suburban. And... It just proves to me that uh, poets can't be trusted (laughs) and that they anyone who manipulates their words in order for them simply to rhyme. That includes the songwriters as well. You got how can you trust somebody's words like that? How? Yeah. You really have a thing against poets. I like guys who write. I really do. I'm into writers. I love it. I love people who are good with their words. (sighs) Mm, no, mm, <laughs> I don't trust it at all. Uh, Move on. Yeah, so, yeah, with John Blanc um, dropping the album so early and then taking it away 10 minutes later, yeah, it just proved that you can't fully trust not half the shit the guys say on the show, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, he got mm-hmm. caught because he's a dumbass and revoked it 10 minutes later. <laughs> but who's to say that any of the guys dropping the L-bomb really meant it in that moment? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, if they watch the show ahead of time, they know that there are certain milestones on the show. You have to say I love you at week three, and then you have to say yeah. I'm falling in love with you by week four. Like, so it's all words, words, words. We don't really know if you can ever really trust it as it relates to this show. Yeah, because you can't really follow up with actions the same way you can in real mm-hmm. life. Because um, you just don't literally don't have the opportunity to see the other person mm-hmm. to to surprise them with something like poor Jason with his scrapbook. <laughs> oh God, he wanted to give her that scrapbook and she just didn't even give him the opportunity. He did it anyway, but still. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I think. I mean, the, the Bachelor really shows you how like actions speak louder than words, particularly in a relationship. And what makes The Bachelor mm-hmm. so interesting is that you have these people living in a vacuum, and they're not in real life. So all they have to go off of of all they have to go off of is each other's words. Clearly, those words don't match with action when they hit the real world, as evidenced by the mm-hmm. success record of the franchise <laughs> and people <laughs> these relationships break up. As soon as, you know, shit hits the fan when they get to the real world. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, Blake, for instance, loved Blake. We were Blake stands, commended him mm-hmm. tremendously for how eloquently he strung his words together, spoke to Becca, always appeared very genuine and sincere. But when you think about it, it is just words. Like, mm-hmm. we still don't really know if Blake would live up to the things that he was saying because we don't get to see them in real life. Yeah. Um, Side note that I just wanted to throw in because that just made me think. Do you watch um, Married at First Sight? 
sometimes, yeah. So I love this show because, so The Bachelor to me is like all words. Married at First Sight mm-hmm. is all action. Actions. On yep. The Bachelor, we only get, we get the fairy tale fake shit before they hit the real world. <laughs> Married yeah, at first sight, right. you have this couple who's come together, they are married, and we see them move in together, we see them meet the family, we see mm-hmm. them go on a honeymoon, we see all the action it takes to make a real-life couple work, and we see it either crash and burn, or it becomes, you know, really nice. And mm-hmm. I just love that show, because it's just, it's like the antithesis to me of The Bachelor, Yeah, and really how The Bachelor represents words, and how that show really is like actions put into, or words put into action, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another another point we wanted to make about love and words is, and a rule that I also live by, is that men fall in love with their eyes and women fall in love with their ears. I think that's an old Paula. What's her name? Paula from uh, Millionaire Matchmaker. What's her oh, name? Patty. Patty. <laughs> Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Patty like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she used to mm-hmm. say that, and I definitely think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not. Well, let me not say that because that's mean. But um, I think women can really easily like fall in love over the phone and like calling and all of this other stuff. But men need to see you, whether it's pictures, and they need to be definitely sexually attracted to you i think it's at the forefront of heterosexual men's mind and falling in love Mm. Uh, rather than women can look past a lot of physical attributes Hmm. i feel like i'm the opposite (laughs) i don't think i I really i fall in love with my ears i feel like i'm more with the men fall in love with my eyes my love languages or eyes are like so my love languages are quality Mm -hmm. time and physical touch Mm mm-hmm words words okay. of affirmation was like one of my last ones mm-hmm. really? for me like i don't words don't mean shit to me <laughs> like you need to show <laughs> me through your affection and through your effort and through spending time with yeah. me and i need to be physically attracted to you like that shit is more important to me than any words that mm-hmm. you'll say so i don't think i'm among the women who fall in love with their ears i fall in love with my eyes and like your your touch, <laughs> so mm, to speak. Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, that's just me, though. <laughs> oh, interesting. Mm. Okay, well, guys, take your love language test and uh, tell us tell us mm-hmm. what it is. Because um, mine is gift giving, and mm-hmm. I want to say physical touch. Oh, okay. I think those are my top yeah, two. Yeah, you're definitely a gift giver. But... You're good on gifts. Mm-hmm. 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 I love me. I love giving yeah. gifts more than I love receiving them. And there's been very few gifts that I've received where I've been like, oh my gosh, they really know me. Because I'm really hard to buy I already for. know what I'm getting you for your birthday. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <coughs> oh God. Um, oh, yeah, man. I'm so excited. Um, but also, uh, to end on a fun note, something that I think about words... So right now I'm working with a lot of young people and the young people don't really know the meaning of a lot of the words that they're saying because they're just repeating 
um, vernacular that they've heard in songs or TV shows or anything like that. Um, so they'll say things like after I get out of the out of a meeting, they'll be like, "What's the tea?" And I'm like, "You can't. That's not appropriate." <laughs> the tea for this. from the meeting, like what? From the meeting, girl. <laughs> like this isn't the right place for that. Um, <laughs> Or they'll say things. People will just say ratchet, like, whenever. Oh, please. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys, you can't say that. And people will just ruin words really, really quickly. Um, think about, like, on fleek. And even ratchet. Like, ratchet has been ruined because people just use it all the time. People are white people. People just don't know. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say what we're trying to say here. <laughs> you know what? Not only white people, though. I would also say that... Um, like the the auntie Facebook community also ruins words pretty fast. That's true. Whenever <laughs> white people or my dad start saying on fleek, it's done. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's done. It's, it's done. done. There's actually a guy in my job where if he knows about it, I know it's oh, washed. God. I it's know it's terrible. Mm-hmm. He's he's my barometer. <laughs> he's my barometer for things that are not cool oh, anymore. Jesus. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to put that in there because I think the youth are having a hard time with their vernacular and I don't I don't I don't know what to do about it but <laughs> yeah if you guys have questions about people in their words if you feel like someone's lying to you if you're dating a poet if you're dating a songwriter email us mm-hmm. at the number two black girls one rose at gmail.com mm-hmm. I do have an example oh yes share a time I did I slipped up and I trusted some niggas words so, oh no! Remember the German? I've talked. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I talked about him on, I think the last nice for what uh, episodes last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I dated this German dude. Was this last year? Sometime, for like two. Oh two-ish, yeah, yeah. Two ish months. Um, and uh, we're to the point where like staying over each other's places, had dinner, like mm-hmm. cook dinner for each other, things like that. Um, went home for Thanksgiving. When I came back to the city, things got weird. Um, didn't really hear from him. Conversation was, like, waning. Um, mm-hmm. But he was still kind of staying in touch. It was weird. Like, he was claiming to be yeah. really busy. You remember. You remember. He's claiming to be really mm-hmm. busy with work and would kind of, like, wane in communication. But every now and then would, like, still reach out to, like, keep me on hook. And, right. Um, this lasted all the way through to my birthday, which is, like, early December. And on my birthday, like all the way to the last drop on my birthday, he texted me saying that he wouldn't be able to come because he's stuck at work and he's going on this business trip and he has this last, you know, um, work thing to get in before the trip. Um, but you know, we should hang out when I get back and I'll reach out and then like, why? For what? what? Nigga. So you know what he did? He sent me this <laughs> last text, kept me on string, went on his business trip, never heard from that dude again came back yep. from his trip didn't hear not a damn word i finally reached out and was like so like is this a ghosting situation or what and like literally he right. ghosted me like he never answered the text yeah and yep. i was really let down in that situation because i trusted his words when his mm-hmm. actions were really telling me everything i needed to know it really right. took a lot of reflecting right. back and i'm like tasha he was dodging you like a fucking bullet <laughs> like Mm-hmm. He was really trying not to hang out with you. He was, but he kept reaching out every now and then, kept saying things, saying yeah. things, saying things, when really I should have just watched his actions all along. And yeah, 
that was the moral of that story. And the one time I slipped up yeah. and trusted some niggas' words, and I need to stick with the yeah. actions and the quality time and the physical touch. Stick with my love languages. Yeah. Fuck the <laughs> yes. words of affirmation and bullshit because it ain't working. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I do think people do say, like, you can only trust a man's actions and not his words. I do think that sometimes... <laughs> actions and words they need to match up like there needs to be some even tone with them i think a lot of people i know i personally in in the past have gotten confused the other way as natasha so i trusted a man's actions versus Mm -hmm. his words and should have been trusting that nigga's words because he was doing things that were acting like we were together in a couple and dating and all this stuff but in reality, he wasn't really saying that much to initiate mm. that and to confirm that mm-hmm. for me. And I should have been believing his words and questioning him a little bit mm. more. Um, so, yeah, agreed. Yeah. But on the other side. It's hard out here, man. It's hard. Can't yeah, read these guys. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're doing. We're just <laughs> kissing these frogs, trying to get a prince. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> Email us your questions. If yes. some guy is texting you bullshit and you need us to help you interpret it. Send us in mm-hmm. the text. Send us a little screenshot. Yeah, send us some screenshots. Yes. Just C9 Rachel Lindsay. I would love we'll some screenshots. Hope you decipher it next week. Email two black girls one rose mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> Our last theme that we're gonna get into is what we called something old, something new. Mm-hmm. So this is the idea of you know dating someone who feels familiar. Dating the same type of dude over and over, date you know, dating your quote unquote type versus going out on a limb and dating something that's completely mm-hmm. new, completely different, giving a guy a chance that you might have never have initially really been attracted to. This mm-hmm. made me think of the movie, something new. Sanai Lathan. She dates the white guy. You know that movie, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's called something new, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, the white guy, he's really he's cute. cute. Yeah. yeah, I was watching yeah, it the yeah. other day. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the movie, it's cute. Love Sinai Lathan. Basically, she's this black woman yeah. who's all about, I'm going to marry my black prince, yada, yada. And then she mm-hmm. dates. <laughs> my black prince? <laughs> That's what she was all about, black man, and I'm going to marry yeah. black people, black man. And then she ends up yeah. falling for her, like, landscapers, this white dude. And she's, you know, trying something new for the first time. And it was all cute. See, if I had a fine ass landscaper, I'd fall in love with him too. <laughs> people are always coming at me for only dating black guys, and by people I mean mm. my friends. But like, this is—it doesn't come up that right. often to where I get a lot more physically attractive. I would say for what I think black guys than I do any mm-hmm. other race. So and that's fine. Mm. That's fine, girl. Yeah. I would like to see you try something new, though. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I know, I know. Me too. Shit, don't me have too. To be white, me too. Just I have to get over my something outside the box, just to just I date know. it and see it and try it. I have to get over my fear of um, red and pink. <laughs> oh <my God>. Anyway, <laughs> back to the topic <laughs> on the Bachelorette, <laughs> Becca. Um, Joe's Garrett, who was a guy she repeatedly said felt like home, reminded her of her mm-hmm. father. Some would say Garrett looked very much like Ross the boss, <laughs> Becca's mm-hmm. ex. They literally were clones. Um, and yeah, she ended up choosing Garrett in the end, someone who was very much in her comfort zone. And um, him being so comfortable and something she was so used to was 
really the big catalyst for why she chose him over Blake. And Blake to her was yeah. like a risk. Um, and Garrett was more comfort and home. Which is completely insane because Garrett had a wedding that lasted shorter than compared right, to that is the risk. Hello. <laughs> that is a risk. Hello. Yep. I feel like, so obviously I was disappointed in Garrett, or Be- Becca choosing Garrett for a bajillion reasons, but mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's kind of lame to go on this show, be given like 450 guys to choose from, and in the end you <laughs> choose the same guy who looks like your fucking ex and who is like yeah. every other guy you've dated before. It's like, Yep, who you would have met at a convention. Who met down the street, like, hello? <laughs> Yes. Like, I've gotten yep. really bored on the seasons of the franchise where I could tell that the person was going to end up with someone who was just, like, their type or something. Like, JoJo yeah. season, yeah, sure. she chose Jordan Rogers in the end, who they they look like a couple already. Like, they look like they've dated each other mm-hmm. for years. Like, boring. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Bristow, she chose Sean, who she was in love with from, like, the first episode. So, like, you already know that was it. <laughs> Ari and Lauren B, he's yeah, so very typical. typical. And then Becca and Garrett, I really and Ari also. Just a quick thing about Ari's mm-hmm. season is that he had some one of the most diverse cast we've ever seen. And who? He... And then he had the nerves <laughs> to go for the most basic one, <laughs> the most basic girl who had no edge. Talking about edge, none. And I wouldn't be surprised if she was very much in line with some of the girls that she that he's maybe felt comfortable with or dated in the past. Dated in the yeah. past. Yeah. And the sure. seasons, I would say the seasons I really appreciated were the leads who really seemed to be very open-minded in their dating prospects. So Sean Lowe, he's like everyone's favorite mm-hmm. bachelor. He had one of the most mm-hmm. b- diverse casts ever. He chose an Asian woman in the end, um, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, but even despite her, like, I really liked how he really gave everybody a chance on that show. Yeah. I really feel like it. Yeah. Um, even Nick Viall, everybody hates Nick Viall. I stand for Nick Viall. Loved his season. <laughs> <laughs> Loved his season. As I said, he gave us Rachel. Rachel lasted very mm-hmm. long. She was in the top four. Yeah, top four. Top four. And even, um, What's her face? Raven made it to like the top two. Raven was not someone mm-hmm. I would have thought he would even be into. She was like this country bumpkin and she made it to the <laughs> end with Vanessa. And so like Nick to mm-hmm. me represented another guy who seemed to give a lot of different girls a shot and made his inter- made his mm-hmm. season a little bit more interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And is what you're supposed to do when yeah, you go on a TV show trying exactly. to fall in love. That's what Sean always said. He was like, "You're this is not normal. So if you're trying to do some normal shit, don't, don't come, come on the show. show. Exactly. And give it, a sh- give it a fair shot. Give everyone a fair shot. Mm-hmm. Um, from my experience, I would say probably one of the perks of online dating, which is why I'm trying to rope Justine into this world, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Justine has not ever done online dating, first of all. Just put that out there. Nope. And I am, like, the queen of (laughs) online dating. (laughs) So there's that. But from my experience, one of the perks of dating online, even though it fucking sucks, is you get to try something new, like, all the time. time. Yeah, that's true. Versus if you date people in your friend circle, which there's also Mm -hmm. perks to that because you're getting people who are, like, vetted and things like that. They tend to be around the same kind of dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Similar qualities, similar, for, like, maybe same look, same vibe. Um, but dating online, you can date. I mean, I've been out with all kinds of different people. From, yeah. I've been out with a struggling 
filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. I've been out with a professor. Mm -hmm. I went out with a guy who was in a Christian rock band. I've been out with finance bro. I've been out with everyone, all shapes, sizes, colors, all from online because it's just a collection Mm -hmm. of niggas and you can just try them all out. Yeah, that's true. That is that is a good perk. Yeah, that's the dating. one cool perk. You get to try out different things and not you get out of your comfort zone comfort zone each time and really learn mm-hmm. what it is you like and don't like. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's true, that's true. Um, I would say for myself, I used to try to go off of a lot of like superficial traits. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after dating the guy who I was like supposed to allegedly marry, according to a lot of the elders in, in my Mm -hmm. life. Um, and as you guys know, I was like on strike from men who did anything along the path, the same path that that Mm -hmm. man did. Um, and that was just based off of fear. I think that a lot of this is just fear based. And if you learn to get over that fear and just know that every man is going to be mm-hmm. different, um, even as I said earlier with like educated black dudes, that's been my experience. And it's not like I'm going off of two guys. I'm going off of like quite a bit of conversation that I've had with quite a few men. But um, I should treat everybody as if they're yes. different. And I have a really hard time yes, with that. Yes, you do. I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> write off all educated black men because of the yeah more than right. few bad experiences that you've had with them um but yeah you got to treat yeah. them all individually of course yeah yeah exactly uh, i i tend to put people in those like little boxes instead of just feeling them out and getting to mm. know them and i just tend to like run away and i shouldn't mm-hmm. do that i should just <sighs> You know, treat everybody as the individuals that they are. But I know it's hard for me. Um, so, guys, if you want to talk it out with me <laughs> and you have a question, email the number two black girls, the number one rose at gmail.com mm-hmm. for your old, something old, something mm-hmm. new questions. It's a learning experience. It's we're learning each time we mm-hmm. go. I also, yep. I, so like one little quality I tend to go for in guys are guys who are extroverted or a little bit more social. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. I'm a more social introvert, but I am very much an introvert in my core. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, I don't want to date another introvert because then we'll never leave the house. <laughs> like, right. But right. a few months ago, I I went on a I went out with this guy for about a month. Very nice guy. Um, pretty much broke things off with him because he was kind of lacking an edge, to be quite honest. <laughs> but very nice, but he was a bit, a little passive, timid, very reserved, introverted. Mm-hmm. He, I really gave him a shot because I wanted to try something new. I wanted to go against right, my right. against the grain and stop going for the extroverts. And let me try someone who's a little bit similar to me, a little bit more reserved and, and introverted. Mm-hmm. And... Um, really gave it a shot, but just wasn't for me. Like it really confirmed for me that mm-hmm. I do need someone who's a little bit more extroverted. Um, and um, I think yeah, it was just like a learning experience. I think with each 
person you have to each individual you have to treat them as individuals so i guess yeah i guess i have to contradict myself mm-hmm, i can't mm-hmm. not date another introvert i have to go by the person but i think it's okay yeah. to yeah i think it's okay to have your preferences and be to have a type and go after a type but not at mm-hmm. the expense of axing out complete like groups of men <laughs> Right. Because yeah. it's too new. Yeah, because I get upset when... Right. I get upset when people say that about other people and other groups of... No matter mm-hmm. who they are. You know, people say, like, I don't date this type of guy. I'm like, well, girl, why? Um, so, yeah. Oh, man. Why you say, oh, man? Because I just have to try out all these new things, guys. This is a lot, you yeah. know. But it's okay. 2018. 2018. We're doing, we're doing it. it. Trying something Try something new. new. Dating is not easy. Yeah. Dating in New York City is mm-hmm. not easy. Um, dating as we continue to get older is not easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think definitely doing what Becca does, sticking with what's familiar, what's old and comfortable is not the way to go at least for us in this here yeah. stage of our yeah. life gotta try something new gotta take risks gotta open up our mind and open up the box um mm-hmm. and give lots of different guys a chance the nice guy the mm-hmm. the toxic masculine guy. i'm kidding <laughs> no <laughs> totally kidding um so yeah that is that it are we good is that yeah that's, that's the it. episode guys that was fun it was, was nice little... a little triggering, but it was fun. <laughs> a little triggering. <laughs> I want to go get back on Bumble now and find my husband. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody, next week we will be here with Rachel Lindsay. So exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but please email us your questions, the five themes we just went through yeah. today. We want to hear about your experiences your issues, your hot mess of lives, and what you're dealing with. <laughs> Send us in your questions, and we'll answer them on air with Rachel. Our email is the number two black girls, the number one rose at gmail.com. So excited to hear your questions, yes. guys. And follow us on all the things, Instagram, Twitter, rate, yes. review, subscribe. Facebook. And we'll yep. be back next week with a special guest. Yes. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Yep. Talk to you then, guys. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 